Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Red Light Report. Here we are again on a beautiful April morning at the time of this recording. I hope you all are having a fantastic week thus far, having a fantastic spring, as you can guess. By the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about some more photobiomodulation research. And it's going to be a couple of articles today, one a little shorter, one a little longer. It's a little combo of covering a couple of topics while taking a deep dive into one of them. But before we get started, as you guys know from the previous couple of solo sodes, I've announced that the Glow was on pre-sale. I'm happy to announce it's officially live and it's out in the real world. The first pre-order shipments have gone out, and um, I'm excited to hear the feedback from those initial customers, see some of those posts on, on social media, but that bad boy is live, and you can purchase it, and it'll be shipped out right away on the BioLite website. So just go to BioLite.shop. It'll be there straight on the homepage, or you can check out uh, the all products section of the website to check it out and, and compare it to the Shine, which is a good segue into my second announcement, which is in the coming weeks, yes, we just released the Glow, and in the coming weeks, we're about to release the updated version of the Shine, and it'll be called the Shine Plus to go along with the theme of all of our other Plus models, which are upgraded models of the previous rendition, so to speak, just like the Recharge became the Recharge Plus, Restore, Restore Plus. Now we're going to have the Shine morph into the Shine Plus. So I'm not going to give away any of the nitty-gritty details as to what makes the Shine Plus superior, but I can promise you, for those that are interested in the updated model, it'll be well worth the wait. In the end, though, both devices, all devices, irradiate, or emit, I should say, red and near-infrared light, which is the bedrock and foundation of red light therapy. So no matter what device you're looking at from any company, um, any type of device, whether it's intranasal, like we talked about last week, transvaginal, and then we have stuff for the face, stuff for the hair, yada, yada, yada. My whole point is there's iterations and different types of red light therapy technology, but at the core of every single product is red and or near infrared light. So I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but I just want to kind of get back to the basics here that even as I'm quote unquote hyping these new products, I'm just wanting to also bring some honest reality to the situation that while the Shine is going to be updated to the Shine Plus, and while there's going to be updated versions of the Recharge Plus and Restore Plus coming out soon, at the core of all of it, it's red and near-infrared light, which gives you those many physiological benefits. And again, the core of those is that modulated inflammation, improved circulation, optimized mitochondrial health. So that's what all red light therapy products are accomplishing, provided they are truly emitting red light, provided they are truly emitting near-infrared light. So with that being said, when there's updated products, you would hope that there's going to be either some increased user experience, ways to use it, or increased versatility, increased efficacy, just something that builds upon the previous iteration, not just for the sake of a new product, but that it does bring some benefit as well. So it's not just developing new products for the sake of developing new products. That's not what I'm about. That's not what BioLite is about. 
So you guys will soon see in the next couple of weeks as we release that Shine Plus, you'll see what I mean with those updated features. And just like the Glow, we didn't release the Glow just to release another product. We released it because it's a more affordable product. It's a simpler product. And it does provide a very, very nice benefit for those using screens like me right now as I'm looking at my monitor here recording this episode. I have the Glow on directed at my eyes because it's calming, it's relaxing, and it does combat that blue light from emitting from that monitor right in front of me. So, so there's benefits for that. And then secondly, like I've described again for the glow, we know that the eyes and the skin specifically require a very low dosage to see their peak benefit. You know, that biphasic dose response, you know, you want it right in the middle of that curve. Well, for the skin and for the eyes, it doesn't take much to get right underneath that curve. And it's very, very easy to be on the right side of that curve where you're over treating or you're going over that beneficial dosage amount. So with the glow, thought process is that with a much lower light irradiance, it's going to be much easier to attain that proper dosage for the eyes. And then again, for the skin. Uh, so that's the, another one of the thought processes behind the glow product. So again, it's more affordable, it's simpler, it's sleeker and slimmer for those that want that increased portability or versatility in the sense of that slimness. And then, like I said, the low light radiance does lean itself to a couple of very popular and prominent red light therapy treatments in eye health and skin health. So with all of this being said, it's, this is a nice rabbit hole into products, but again, red light is red light is red light. Near infrared is near infrared is near infrared light. As long as the products have those, as long as you understand the light irradiances, as long as the products are actually emitting those light irradiances, then you can figure out the proper dosage. Again, a lot of that's based on the red light therapy treatment protocols ebook I've developed. But as long as you know those things as far as the light irradiance and what you're trying to treat, then you can do that with darn near any type of product. It can be a bulb, it can be a handheld device, it can be a panel, it can be a red light therapy bed. But as long as you understand the foundations, the principles of developing that protocol or that dosage, then you're going to be getting the benefits. Just wanted to throw that out there. All of that being said, the glow is live. And then secondly, we're about to release a new product called the Shine Plus in the next handful of weeks, or at least we'll begin pre-orders. And with that being said, all of that to say, you can now purchase the Shine device for 20% off until we run out of inventory. So we're going to move that Shine inventory and now is your chance to capitalize essentially on Black Friday deals for the Shine device uh, for those that aren't interested in this upgraded or updated Shine Plus device that's coming out uh, in the next couple of weeks. For those that just want a great deal, for those that want really a Shine that's not too far from the Glow price, now is your chance to get it while supplies last. You simply just have to go to the BioLite website. Again, that's BioLite.shop. And there's no discount code necessary. It's already discounted for you. You just add it to the cart buy that bad boy and you're capitalizing on a 20% discount. And especially with Mother's Day and Father's Day coming up, that's a pretty sweet deal to treat your parents to some red light therapy in a, in a pretty sweet device before those run out of stock. So again, just go to biolight.shop and check out that shine. One more quick announcement. This is just off the top of my head. A couple of weeks ago, you heard me talk about how companies are misleading or intentionally or otherwise, their light irradiance of their devices, meaning they're marketing it as 100 or 150 or 170 when in reality it's 85 or 80 or 70. I don't want you guys to think that I just talked about it to talk about it. 
Uh, I'm putting all of those words to work. So I'm not just talking the talk. I'm walking the walk uh, with my company, BioLite. So I was going to wait till all of it was official or all, all of it was on the website, but I'm gonna, just going to let you guys know right now that BioLite, we are having all of our current products and all of our future products because we're going to release a handful of products this year. We've already released the Glow, but we have several more we want to release this year. So my point is that all of the current products BioLite offers and then any new products going forward, we are going to have third-party tested and we are going to have those results, the PDFs of those results on our website for every single product. So you know exactly which wavelengths you're getting with the device you're purchasing. So you know exactly the light irradiance you're getting with the device you're purchasing. Because at some point, there needs to be some company that sets the standard for the red light therapy space. And I just want to make this part very clear as well. This is not about putting other companies down or other brands down. This is about elevating the entire market. This is about elevating all of the red light therapy industry. So someone just needs to set the standard that we can't just market a light irradiance and assume or rely on the consumer to believe everything we say. BioLite is going to prove what their devices are emitting, both the wavelength and the light irradiance. So again, you know that we're not over-marketing or over-hyping or overestimating our light irradiance. In that way, not only do our products become more trustworthy and reliable, but now you can 100% know how to dose your treatment. So with the uh, next edition of the ebook, I will give suggestions for the protocols like I always have with the distance, with the distance, the duration, and which lights to use. But I'm also going to add to this updated edition the dosage, meaning how many jewels are required. And I know based on the research I've reported on even the last couple of weeks, that alone is not a perfect answer to the situation, but at least it gives a much better, it paints a much better picture of what you, the consumer, need, generally speaking, to attain a proper dosage for treating the skin, for treating the thyroid, for reducing pain. Again, it's not perfect, but as you guys know from listening to this podcast, the red light therapy landscape is not perfect. It's not black and white, and it's not cookie cutter. Uh, there's a lot of gray areas, and a lot of that has to do with bio-individuality, lifestyle factors. Everyone responds differently to any given treatment. So again, it's not perfect, but again, by providing you guys the dosage, now you can take your device, whether it's BioLite or not, but with BioLite, you're going to know exactly what light irradiance you're, you're receiving from the device, so you can make your uh, protocols much more accurate. But again, you're going to be able to take, let's say for skin, you need half a joule or one joule, or for your thyroid, you might need three or four joules, or for treating some pain, you might need eight to 10 joules to have what's based on the research an effective treatment. Now that you have devices that are showing what they're emitting, you can much more strategically and accurately dosage your treatment to more than likely get the best bang for your buck or more than likely see the results you're looking for. So all of that to say, there's no other company that is showing their third-party testing. I've seen a lot of companies on the market that say their products are third-party tested and then they list the specifications on their website or on their products, but there's nowhere to go to verify those third-party testings. So someone might say, yes, we've been third-party tested, and this device emits 150. 
But where's the paper? Where's the PDF showing that third-party testing to verify that product actually does that? Because as I spoke about a couple of weeks ago, and I'm almost finished with this rabbit hole, guys, don't worry. <laughs> we'll get to the research. But I think this is a good point here. As I reported a couple of weeks ago, people with a sound background in light therapy has kind of done their own due diligence, done their own research on how companies, again, aren't accurately reporting the light ratings of their devices. And if you think your panel's putting out 150 milliwatts per centimeter squared for light irradiance at six inches, and then you're trying to create your red light therapy paradigm or treatment based on that, but really you're only getting half. Again, it's not unsafe. It's not like you're going to have any negative consequences. But again, if you buy something, you want to know you're getting what you purchased. So this rant is over, but I just wanted to inform you guys. You guys are the first to know here. So don't say that I don't drop some information bombs on you guys here on the red light report. <laughs> but uh, BioLight's going to be the first company to have all of their products third party tested and verified the wavelengths and the light irradiance. And again, every third party test is going to be on their product page. I will probably even create a separate tab or a separate page where all of the third party test results will be there. I'll try to find a way to make the PDFs clickable or downloadable so you can see all of the information. And so it can be as transparent as possible that you, the consumer, know exactly what you're getting. And it's not just this notion that you should trust us or believe us because we said so. So again, BioLite, we're looking to set the standard and hopefully that'll kind of set a ripple effect for the rest of the red light therapy companies and, and brands out there to see that BioLite is doing this. And hopefully there's a positive reaction to that. And you guys, the consumer, you vote with your money, you vote with your dollars. And so if enough companies take note that people are responding positively to BioLite being as transparent as possible, that they will follow. And in the end, hopefully all of the companies begin to do this where they have all of their products third-party tested and all of the results posted on their websites. Because in the end, all that matters is that you, the consumer, are as educated as possible. As long as you have all of the accurate information at your disposal, then you can make an educated decision. Because right now, and I get this a lot from, from customers, whether it's customer service or they just reach out to me and ask on social media. I mean, there's a lot of confusion about, quote unquote, which brand is better or why is BioLite better than such and such? And it gets to be a kind of a sticky wicket of a conversation because I'm not about putting other companies or brands down because again, we're all here to improve as a red light therapy company. We're all here to improve the quality of life and the health of anyone interested in red light therapy. It's not about BioLite is better than such and such or such and such is better than BioLite. In the end, we should all be offering different variations of products that all have their own key points or, or, or some person will have a preference for one product or brand than the other. But at the end, as long as all the companies are providing transparent, correct information about their products, then the consumer can just truly make the best decision based on that. And it's not about comparing which brand is better. It's about which product best fits your need, given what you're trying to accomplish with red light therapy. So let's begin with some red light therapy research. The first article we're going to cover comes very hot off the press. Sorry, that got a little loud. Very hot off the press. So hot that I'm recording this two days after it was released. This comes from the journal Lasers in Surgery and Medicine. It was released April 16th, 2023. It's entitled Systemic Vascular Photobiomodulation Accelerates 
the recovery of motor activity in rats following spinal cord injury. And this one kind of has a a place near and dear to my heart because as a physical therapy student, or even before I became a physical therapy student, I worked in a clinic, so to speak, that worked with spinal cord injury patients. So I got a lot of hands-on, literally hands-on experience working with some of these individuals dealing with spinal cord injuries. And I know how arduous and difficult those types of recoveries and rehabilitations can be. So I'm always excited when I see some red light therapy research, specifically on spinal cord injury. And it's especially exciting when we can see some positive results. But as you can imagine, with this being such a new article, I wasn't able to get the entire PDF, but we got a pretty uh, healthy abstract, so we can still get a lot of information. So let's begin with the objectives of this article. Spinal cord injury causes the discontinuity of the spinal canal, leading to functional and sensorial losses in areas below the injury, which are often irreversible. All right, guys, as I promised, I am going to be offering you guys an exclusive 15% discount for the pre-sale order of The Matrix. Uh, like I spoke about earlier, this is a groundbreaking, innovative, patent-pending piece of technology from BioLite. It is literally a full-body red light therapy mat. You heard that right, a mat. It's a quarter of an inch thick. You can roll it up like a yoga mat. It has over 2,100 LEDs, and like all BioLite, light products, you have the option of choosing red and near-infrared light combo, red light only, or near-infrared light only. The dimensions are 69 inches by 34 inches, so you can either lay on it full body, cover it on top of your body like a blanket, roll up a section of your body, let's say your abdomen or one of your legs or one of your arms or a third or half of your body at once, roll yourself up like a bean burrito, and literally give yourself a 360 degree red light therapy treatment. And more or less, you can think of this mat, the matrix, as the next phase of red light therapy. Because right now, everyone has panels and there's a time and place for that. But I think now is the time for innovation and moving the needle forward on red light therapy technology. This red light therapy mat, the matrix, roll it up. You can sit on it. You can stand on it. You can lay on it. You can roll yourself up. It's extremely versatile. It's easy to take on the go. So you're not just bound to hanging it up on a door or a wall. It's very easy to take on the go. Put it in the corner of your room. So it takes up minimal room in your house. The options are endless. Really, you guys, my loyal podcast audience, I'm going to offer you guys a 15% discount. And the discount code is simply podcast. So go to biolite.shop, check out the matrix. If you want this exclusive 15% discount, simply use coupon code podcast at checkout to receive that discount. And I know you guys are going to absolutely love this game changing product, the matrix. Photobiomodulation can enhance the neuromuscular repair process, especially in cases of peripheral nerve injuries. So again, for peripheral nerve injuries, we're thinking injuries outside of the spinal cord. So you can think like when you get a, like a dead arm or, or you hit your funny bone, that's a peripheral nerve. That's not necessarily an injury, but that's peripheral. It's outside of the spinal cord. However, there is little knowledge regarding the effects of this therapeutic modality on recovering following a spinal cord injury, especially the non-invasive systemic form denominated vascular photobiomodulation. So to analyze the effects of vascular photobiomodulation in the immediate, acute, and intermediate phases following a compression-induced spinal cord injury on morphological aspects of neuromuscular tissue repair, 
functional recovery, and the protein expression of brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And so this led me into a small rabbit hole about what is vascular photobiomodulation, as some of you may be asking as I was reading that. And it's just as it sounds, um, and I believe in our previous interview with with, uh, Dr. Dome, he was talking about how they do intravascular or vascular light therapy for different uh, positive responses. So so it's definitely out there, uh, but it's a very interesting concept of, of irradiating your blood or your vascular system with light to get a positive result. And so this led me to the rabbit hole of looking at other articles that have dug deep into vascular photobiomodulation. And I came upon one, actually, that was in December of last year, so about five months ago. And, and it's entitled, Vascular Photobiomodulation Increases Muscle Fiber Diameter and it Improves the Gait during compensatory hypertrophy of plantar muscle in rats. And so just a quick synopsis of this article so we can get a better understanding and a better understanding of the potential for vascular photobiomodulation. The abstract here says that the local photobiomodulation has demonstrated positive effects during compensatory hypertrophy and skeletal muscle as a response to an overload. The aim was to compare the effects of the transcutaneous vascular photobiomodulation and the local photobiomodulation on muscle fiber size, gait functionality, and on mechanical sensitivity during the uh, compensatory hypertrophy model in rats. And so the conclusion of this article is that both photobiomodulation, vascular and local, were able to improve the muscle size and gait during the compensatory hypertrophy process with more pronounced effects when irradiation was performed systemically, meaning via the vascular photobiomodulation. So, so that was my quick rabbit hole into vascular photobiomodulation. It has similar capabilities to, to local photobiomodulation, which would be just like using a device or a panel or, or laser of some sort. So that'd be local photobiomodulation. But in this particular case, when looking at building hypertrophy in the muscles, vascular photobiomodulation was more beneficial or had more pronounced effects than just local. So I think we're going to see in the future more and more research on vascular photobiomodulation's potential compared. And of course, this is going to be just for some instances where vascular red light therapy, if we want to call it that, vascular red light therapy is more beneficial than just our normal red light therapy. But we're going to see a lot of conditions as well where vascular is going to be more beneficial. And just like we're seeing here in this uh, this uh, initial article where we're talking about spinal cord injury, whenever we're dealing with a systemic injury, vascular red light therapy may have a role. So like we're talking about with some type of, like last week about COVID-19, well, with a, with a virus or maybe fibromyalgia, which is a, a systemic condition or any type of autoimmune condition, I can see vascular photobiomodulation being potentially the gold standard if it's able to provide a more effective and efficacious response to the whole body just by irradiating one area, meaning one artery or one vein, and I'm sure research will prove which one is most efficacious to get the quickest response systemically, but that's kind of where I see things potentially going here. So that's just to give you some background on vascular photobiomodulation and to show that it may have some benefits over just our traditional red light therapy treatments. But moving along here with the article on, again, systemic vascular photobiomodulation and recovery of motor activity in rats following spinal cord injury. So moving along, in the methods here, the rats were divided into five groups. We have the control, 
we have spinal cord injury, then we have spinal cord injury plus vascular photobiomodulation immediate administration, and then we have vascular photobiomodulation two hours after injury, and then we have 14 days after injury. So we have a lot of comparisons here. Again, there's five groups total. And vascular photobiomodulation was administered in the region of the caudal vein artery with low-level laser, and they used near-infrared. They used 780 nanometers, 80 joules per centimeter squared for 80 seconds. The total energy was 3.2 joules over a single point. And they did this for 14 consecutive days. During the analysis periods, which were 1, 3, 7, 14, 21, 28, and 35 days after injury, functioning was evaluated using the Basobiti Breshnahan Index. So three names, clearly, the BBB Index. And at the end of the, each experimental period, blood samples were collected for the determination of the concentration of circulating BDNF muscle tissue and nerve tissue samples were also extracted for morphological and histological analyses using a certain type of staining. And so the results, the exciting part here, so spinal cord injury plus vascular photobiomodulation immediately and spinal cord injury plus vascular photobiomodulation two hours post-injury led to the recovery of motor function beginning on the seventh day after injury and an increase in the cross-sectional area of the muscle fibers in the second week, and an increase in the muscle fiber diameter beginning on day 14. Early irradiation had a greater effect on the reduction in the size of the cavity, with stabilization of the cavity found on day 7. Considering the circulating BDNF levels, no changes was found during the experimental periods. And the conclusion of this article is, the present results showed that vascular photobiomodulation was capable of modulating morphological and functional recovery following spinal cord injury, especially when administered early. The positive effects of functional recovery were determined by the BBB index. The reestablishment of the structure of the muscle and nerve tissue was demonstrated by the preservation of cross-sectional area and diameter of muscle fiber and reduction in the area of the injury, or cavity size, respectively. Thus, non-invasive vascular photobiomodulation may be an important component of treatment for spinal cord injuries. And so again, this is all very, very exciting because just as a reminder, this article was released on April 16th. So this is very new, hot off the press, red light therapy information. We're finding out about somewhat novel methods of red light therapy being vascular and applying it to a notoriously difficult and some would see it as a life sentence. Once you get a spinal cord injury, everything's over. But of course, we know with, with the many years that have passed, the, the last five to 10 years, there's many technologies where you can mitigate any type of permanent loss with spinal cord injuries. It's, it's actually amazing some of the results that I've seen, especially a friend who his wife had a spinal cord injury in the cervical spine, and she had no feeling below her neck. And yet she is walking and functioning today you wouldn't have a clue that she had a spinal cord injury. So it's, it's absolutely unbelievable how far things have really come. And here we are, uh, another potential modality to include with the rest of the treatment process to help expedite the recovery and mitigate the downside of a spinal cord injury. So very, very exciting stuff to see that red light therapy can be applied successfully and efficaciously and safely to spinal cord injuries. 
But now let's move along to a very popular topic when it comes to red light therapy, and that is red light therapy and pain. So this article is entitled Efficacy of Photobiomodulation Therapy in the Treatment of Pain and Inflammation, a Literature Review. So I'm not going to go into all the nitty-gritty details about inflammation and how that plays a role on on health and in chronic diseases and such, because I think we're all very well-versed in that, and it would be kind of redundant in a lot of ways. So let's move along to a lot of the headings here of the article, because again, this was a literature review. So, so these authors scour the photobiomodulation research regarding pain and the different ways that red light therapy has been successfully and efficaciously proven to work for a variety of conditions. So I'm just going to go into a bunch of these subheadings here, and you'll understand what I mean, about how red light therapy can help with, with different aspects of pain. And so the first one here is effects of photobiomodulation therapy on health improvement and chronic pain. So it goes on to say that the articles in this study were chosen in order to determine the efficacy of photobiomodulation therapy application on subjects with health disorders such as pain or inflammation. In the subsequent points, the results of the highlighted variables from the selected studies are presented. And I should mention that this article is from March of 2023. I don't think I told you guys that, but this is from March 2023 in a journal called Healthcare. Okay, but let's move along here. So the first subtopic here is chronic pain. And in this study, 11 articles have been selected to deal with different types of chronic pain. Two of these studies deal with female patients over the age of 60 with knee osteoarthritis. Both studies revealed significant improvements in the patients. They found studies that have subjects with nonspecific chronic low back pain. And in the first of these, in which there was an equal ratio of men and women in average age of 49, Red light therapy produced significant changes in pain and functional status during the three-month treatment period, unlike the placebo group that only saw these changes for the first month. And another one of the studies also included subjects of both sexes with an average age of 45. The results showed that the changes produced by photobiomodulation therapy were short-term, meaning three weeks after therapy, since the one in three-month evaluations resulted in a P greater than 0.05, when the exercises were not continued. And then the last remaining study with it, the mean age of 34, uh, and also included both male and female participants, and that study indicated that PGE2 significantly reduced, which therefore the pain decreased. And PGE2 is prostaglandin E2, which is involved in the inflammatory pathway. So of course, once PGE2 decreases, thus inflammation decreases, that would make pain decrease. And then again, as, as a quick reminder, chronic pain is notoriously difficult to treat compared to acute because the longer you have that inflammation, eventually that inflammation goes away and you're still left with that pattern in your nervous system where it's still sending pain signals to your brain, even though the inflammation is left. Whereas acute, the quicker you jump on acute conditions, the quicker you can see recovery. And so when we're seeing even some positive results with chronic pain via red light therapy, and they're saying sometimes it can take months, that shouldn't sound too far-fetched or scary because, again, if you're dealing with chronic pain, that means you've been dealing with it for months and months and months, sometimes years. And if you can find a significant reduction within one to two to three months, that alone is going to improve your quality of life quite a darn bit. So just a quick reminder that chronic pain in general is tough to treat and any improvement makes a remarkable difference in a person's life. 
And so there were two other studies that are comprised of participants with fibromyalgia and also focus on pain, among other variables. In the first study, the participants were exclusively female, while the, in the second, only the majority are women. The average age of the first study was 35, with 46 being the average age in the second. In the second study, they found that photobiomodulation session was markedly better than an exercise session. However, no additional benefits were found with a combination of both therapies. In the long term, meaning 10 weeks, in the combined therapy group and the photobiomodulation therapy group experienced a significant reduction in pain compared to the placebo and the therapeutic exercise-only groups. One study evaluated the oral facial pain in these fibromyalgia patients, and the results indicate a significant decrease in pain due to the treatment, although with no noticeable differences between the two groups. So I found that kind of interesting that adding exercise didn't help reduce pain or add any additional benefit. But again, that's just one study. And so we'd have to look closer at that individual study to really know what they were doing or, or see if we could tease out why exercise didn't help decrease pain. But, but regardless, just good to know that red light therapy alone can make a substantial difference. And the next subtopic here is inflammation. So they go on to say that in several studies, the fundamental part of the research was to observe the effect of photobiomodulation therapy on the most important biomarkers related to inflammation. The first of these studies observed changes in the serum levels of the pro-inflammatory cytokines interleukin-6, interleukin-8, and tumor necrosis factor, uh, and they looked at that in 18 patients after knee arthroplasty surgery, uh, pointing to the fact that photobiomodulation therapy significantly reduced inflammation when compared to the placebo group. The second of these studies also measured the serum levels of interleukin-6 and tumor necrosis factor in 18 patients with nonspecific chronic low back pain after applying photobiomodulation therapy. But unlike the first, the serum changes in these cytokines did not cause a significant reduction in pain. The last of these studies looked at lipid biomarkers associated with pain and inflammation in 54 people with orthodontic pain and periodontal inflammation it was noted that the photobiomodulation therapy group had significant improvements in pain in one hour and 24 hours later, and in inflammation during the first 24 hours. And I'd like to point out, just from my physical therapy background, when, when they looked at this study with nonspecific chronic low back pain, and they didn't see any changes in the serum with, with the cytokines, well, specific chronic low back pain isn't necessarily inflammation. And as a physical therapist, I can tell you that is a very difficult condition to treat. And a lot of people eventually go get back surgery and the back surgery doesn't help them. If anything, it makes it worse. So this nonspecific chronic low back pain is difficult to treat. And, you know, quite honestly, inflammation isn't necessarily the main cause when you're dealing with this kind of generalized lower back pain. It can be more so due to the person's movement pattern. So they're firing the muscles in the incorrect way and, and, and that's causing some pain because... It's not that normal movement pattern. Meaning, for example, when you're bending over and you're coming over from that bent up position, instead of firing your glutes, which are a big, strong muscle to extend your back, you instead rely purely on your lower back muscles or that erector spinae. And, and by doing that, you cause a lot of tension in those muscles. And again, that's just purely a firing pattern of your muscles. You're not activating your glute. You're relying on your lower back muscles, which are much smaller compared to the glute. So it can be something simple like that where it's a movement pattern. 
Also, there can be structural issues. There can be osteophytes, meaning a bone spur, or other abnormalities around the spine or even the SI joint that can be causing this type of discomfort, but it might not be related to, to inflammation per se. So that kind of tells me when, when they didn't see any changes in the blood serum with, with red light therapy, that tells me, well, one of those other things is going on where it's either a structural issue, which I've said time and time again, red light therapy is not going to alter if there's inflammation in the area, then yes, it will help. But in this instance, it looks like inflammation wasn't the cause. And so again, red light therapy is not going to help with a structural issue. It's certainly not going to change your movement pattern or, or some other issue like this. So that's something to take into consideration. If red light therapy doesn't help you with your pain or discomfort, so let's say you do have this nonspecific chronic low back pain, and then you try red light therapy and it doesn't work. Well, A, either it's not inflammation that's the issue, or B, your your dosage is off. And we've talked about this before, either you're underdosing your or you're overdosing with red light therapy. So there's a couple of variables there at play. But but keep in mind though, if you're using red light therapy to reduce a type of pain, let's say it's lower back pain, and you're not seeing any benefits from the red light therapy, like I said, it could be the dosage, but also it could be that you're dealing with a different type of issue. It could be structural, could be a movement pattern, could be something else I'm just not thinking of right now. But you could use red light therapy as a way to kind of vet that out or, or screen that out, that it's not inflammation. So it, it's got to be something else. And you got to try a different treatment paradigm to resolve that pain. So just keep that in mind that you can use red light therapy kind of as a screening process. But let's move along to the next subsection here, acute pain. So they say that several studies tried to observe how photobiomodulation affects pain, but in this case, acute pain. The former study, in which groups with a similar male-female ratio participated, using the VPRS and the NPRS, and both of those are pain rating scales, and the participants were post-entodontic surgery patients. And the study showed that the reduction in the pain with laser surgery was significant. The second study also indicates a significant reduction in pain, but this time after knee arthroplasty surgery. Also, one study evaluated temporomandibular pain in a study made up of 41 participants with temporomandibular dysfunction and pain. The groups received photobiomodulation therapy, manual therapy, or a combination of both. The results revealed that there were significant changes in pain reduction with all managing to reduce it significantly. So that's interesting that the, uh, this is specific to you know TMJ or TMD. Uh, apparently, red light therapy or manual therapy will reduce it significantly. You don't necessarily need both. They all seem to work, or they both seem to work. But let's move along to the discussion portion of this article. And again, we're going to go into some other specific topics here and just kind of continue on with, with how red light therapy can help different conditions. And uh, this one is uh, chronic, nonspecific low back pain. And so in the study they're highlighting here, it was concluded that the application of photobiomodulation had a significant influence on mobility improvement and hence pain, but only in the short term. The parameters deteriorated at the one and three month post-therapy analyses where there were no exercises. So that's interesting. That brings up the point I was kind of talking about with the motor pattern, because if you extend your back, again, when you're coming from a bent over position up, when you're using just your back muscles over and over and over again without using your glutes, those muscles are going to get tight, tight, tight. And when muscles get tight, that's where pain can have. We can have these trigger points, so to speak, that can cause pain. And so 
One of the benefits of red light therapy is not only modulating inflammation, but improving circulation. And so if you can improve circulation in tight muscles and relax them, that alone can help decrease some discomfort or pain. And it kind of sounds like that's almost what happened here is that red light therapy was able to improve mobility, which tells me the, uh, the muscles loosened up potentially and hence reduce some pain, but it just didn't hold up when there were no exercises included. So interesting to note. But on to the next topic here, knee osteoarthritis. The first of the selected studies was made up of two experimental groups. One received ultrasound plus red light therapy, while the other received the same with the addition of ET, which it looks like is exercise therapy. And so the age range of the women who made up each group ranged from 61 to 77 years old. And the results showed a significant increase in pain threshold and the number of squats in the experimental group when compared to the control group. Another randomized controlled trial on photobiomodulation was conducted in patients with osteoarthritis. There were 16 patients of both sexes between the ages of 63-78 who received photobiomodulation three times per week for four weeks. Mobility was significantly improved each week compared to the control group. The same occurred with pain threshold and the knee OA severity index. So it seems with knee osteoarthritis, red light therapy made a pretty big difference for those women in their you know age range 63 to 78. So you know it's pretty cool to know. And then this this topic you've heard me talk about a couple of times now, fibromyalgia. And so this syndrome is common and is characterized by widespread chronic pain, fatigue, and sleep disorders that severely attack those affected. The etiopathogenesis of this syndrome is not clear, but therapy is available to improve the quality of life. And so in the first of the selected studies with patients suffering from fibromyalgia, two sets were formed that received the same therapies, namely photobiomodulation, exercise, and then photobiomodulation plus exercise. Set 1 was used to evaluate the therapies in the short term and set 2 in the long term. The age range was 32 to 42 years old and the two sets which were similar. The results determined that the exercise therapy group was the only group in set 1 not to significantly improve pain threshold. So it was either photobiomodulation only or photobiomodulation plus exercise. And so the photobiomodulation plus exercise group showed no additional benefits in set 1 but did in set 2. And again, set two is long-term, which examined the changes over a 10-week period, thus showing that photobiomodulation and photobiomodulation plus exercise produced significant improvements in pain threshold. Both combined therapies reduced the number of tender points and had a beneficial role in patients' anxiety, depression, and fatigue. The second study, unlike the previous one, did not have a control group, but instead had two experimental groups, each comprised of 33 people suffering from fibromyalgia and with an average age of 46 years. One group received photobiomodulation and the other an aesthetic infiltration of lidocaine. The group that received photobiomodulation showed a significant decrease in the intensity of orofacial pain in the same way as the group that received the infiltration. In both groups, all the analyzed study variables improved significantly, although the patient's perception of well-being was better for the group that received laser irradiation. Not to mention, if there's any negative side effects of the lidocaine, you don't have that with red light therapy, of course. And so current research shows promising short-term results of whole-body photobiomodulation on fibromyalgia sufferers. However, the long-term results are still 
to be explored. You guys heard about me, so that's kind of some good corroboration on my thought process with fibromyalgia likely being a systemically inflammatory condition that full body would be superior. And here in this research, they're, they're saying that as well. So that's good verification there. So let's move along to the last couple of topics here. Uh, the next one is oral pain and inflammation. So two selected randomized control trials tried to report on the impact of photobiomodulation on patients with periodontal and endodontic pain and inflammation. The first applied laser therapy to a group of 35 people ranging from 20 to 37 years old with similar male to female ratios. This article highlights the significant improvement that the therapy produced during the first 24 hours when compared to the placebo group. The other group had an experimental group of 27 people who, after receiving the interventions, were evaluated for subjective pain and biomarkers associated with the pain. The group that received the photobiomodulation obtained improvements one hour and 24 hours after treatment. Additionally, Subjective pain was also significantly better than in the control group at the interval of three days post-application. And then the last topic here, post-surgery pain and swelling. And so, of course, inflammation is known to be the body's response to an injury to our system. Inflammatory mediators induce pain through the direct activation of nociceptors, hence the two are closely related concepts. And so one article reviewed the influence of photobiomodulation on acute pain and swelling after knee arthroplasty. To accomplish this, nine patients in the experimental group had an application of photobiomodulation. The results revealed a positive and significant improvement in both pain and inflammation post-therapy on five points along the surgical scar. So that, that's kind of a good message for anyone dealing with anything post-surgical. Red light therapy again, according to the research, can help reduce pain and it can help reduce swelling, which will accelerate the healing and recovery process. So I press upon that to anyone that's either a consumer or works in the healthcare field, that red light therapy is a very viable and safe option to accelerate the healing process post-surgical of any type of surgery, whether it's, again, in, in your mouth, so periodontal, or your knee, or your elbow, or your hand, or, or anything, applying red light therapy post-surgery is going to help accelerate the process. And so the conclusions of this article, the quality of the studies collected on the application of photobiomodulation in the treatment of inflammation and chronic pain is generally high, so they have excellent quality in terms of methodology. The symptoms of pain and chronic pain are influenced by laser irradiation. And, and we also know that laser irradiation and LED irradiation lead to comparable results. But anyway, moving on to the article. However, there is a lack of studies to clarify this ability to reduce pain, especially in the long term. There is not enough evidence on the effects and benefits of photobiomodulation on inflammation. Although the studies confirm the positive effects that this therapy has on pro-inflammatory biomarkers, there are only a few randomized controlled trials that verify this and more research is needed. So again, while there's a lot of positive points to this article and how it can help with different types of pain, to their point, there's not a uh, overwhelming amount of information or, or resource specifically looking at photobiomodulation on inflammation. And like they said, there's only a few randomized controlled trials to verify this, so we need more and more to build up the abundance of, of research and information to, to, to further validate and, and learn about the processes of how red light therapy reduces inflammation. And once we understand the physiological processes, then we'll be able to even further expand the different pains and the different ways that red light therapy can help. 
But again, we, we already know, even on this article alone, all the different ways we can help with post-surgical swelling, oral facial pain, fibromyalgia, knee osteoarthritis, nonspecific low back pain, acute pain, chronic pain. I mean, we know red light therapy can help with all of these in some ways or another, but again, it's just about furthering the depth of information, and it's just an ever-going ever process, as we all know. Just like we started with the beginning about vascular photobiomodulation to improve spinal cord injury recovery. I mean, how amazing is that? Again, I hope you guys appreciated this information and, and the research, that first one, hot, hot off the press. And so pretty cool stuff, as always. I know I keep saying that, but that's because it just truly is amazing how light can impact our, our physiology and our, and our health. So for all of you who listened to this this far into the episode, I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for your support. I uh, hope you found this information impactful as always. And if you could, if you haven't already, leave a quick, quick five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Shopify. If you feel empowered to or feel compelled to, I should say, go ahead and leave a quick testimonial as to why. But even even so, just leaving a quick five-star review on either platform or both does a lot to help get this show out there so that more people can learn about the amazing benefits of red light therapy, just like you have been able to. And so that hopefully it can impact their health or impact their friends or their family's health when they learn about this amazing information about red light therapy. So as always, guys, I hope you have an amazing week. Hope you have an amazing finish to April. As always, go out there, get your full spectrum sun, and otherwise to improve health and wellness, be sure to utilize your red light therapy. Hope you guys have an amazing week. And as always, light up your health. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolight. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.